how do you feel Fa Gong has helped your development in Tai Chi? This well, I talked all the way up here and now it's for the open floor. Okay, yeah. Anybody? Were you asking me? Across the board. Oh. So so yeah, sure you can answer. Nobody, uh, nobody specifically. Uh, you know, uh, I would say that as far as the Fa Gong um, uh, helping with your Tai Chi, it dr dramatically increases your sensitivity, your Ting. Mm -hmm. um, probably your, I'd so say I your manipulation what I'm energy. looking for too is, is the, was there a point where for you after having Fa Gong and doing the Tai Chi that things were different? Yes, kind of kind of like a level up. Yeah, I think in a video game. Yeah. Uh, and I would say the second time through, it was a more dramatic level up. So I got another level up that was bigger, I would say. Yeah. Cool. There are uh, specific points on people uh, in general uh, or their Wei Chi field, the uh, energy field out just outside their body that um, you can have a lot of fun with and push hands that probably would not have gotten very easily, if at all, without the Fagung training. That definitely made that much more accessible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the Fagung, like one of the things, both in the Fagung higher up and in the push hands, is to be able to feel chi levels deeper into the body. So that the first the meridian field, which I believe is in mostly primarily in the fascia towards the surface of the body, like on the sheath right underneath the skin layer. Um, and that's not true everywhere because there's fascia around the organs and stuff too. So it does go in and through. But the uh, being able to feel the Wei Chi, then when you go to feel Meridian Chi, it gives you something more to be able to, a, a basis to work from to be able to get that. And then when you go into the Yin Chi, the nutritive Chi in the blood from the, from the uh, nutrition and from the oxygen, from the air that you breathe, into the blood and being able to feel that. And that's another level deeper in. And then the bone marrow itself, and then the, the bone marrow on yourself, breathing in and out, and we do the bone marrow washing, the uh, which is this high level internal skill, and it's taught in the following course. The uh it's helping you to get all the way down into the core of the human body like that and to facilitate both great health and then if somebody needs it, also healing for them at that deep level. Um, and sickness can move in through the levels. And if it makes it all the way to your bone marrow, then it, it's very, 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 and even before that, even at yin chi, blood level, it's very life-threatening at that point. And the goal being able to get it to move out, but starting off with Wei Chi and getting the feel of that, then when you start to get into these other layers and levels, it's a lot easier to be able to actually feel that chi and do stuff with it because you have that experience. And for me, I would say my it, it, it kind of the same thing that he just said, but from a little different perspective. It's really allowed me to tap more into. Uh, it, it's allowed me to turn more of my chi level skills into towards jing level skills. Not that I really own them in that way, but where I can take just simple like root energy, which just starts with dropping and deeper and do that. And then I can turn it into different shapes. I can spread it out across 
the floor. I can I can get under people in different ways. I can um, kind of corkscrew it around and and spiral around different energies. I can use my route to disrupt someone else's route without like contact for, from a distance. Um, and I can I can start to shape and manipulate it and do other things with root and manipulate other people's root more directly because I'm I'm already used to kind of operating and manipulating on, in an energy to energy kind of a way, um, and so it really helps to translate some of the skills from the push hands that start at um, an impressive level but at kind of a low level for. Achieve a low level that that produces impressive results, but then you can take that and really hone it into a skill set that you know that is alive and that is that you can play with and that you can do different things with, and that can be responsive to different kinds of things that are coming at you. Um, it's it really takes it up that next step and that next level and allows you to play with all of this stuff uh, that, you know in a much different much different way. So. To add to, to that with Matt, um, I don't know any anybody that watches this podcast. It's been an interesting experience, martially, because basically before the 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 two the two aspects of a strike were where do I want to place it and how uh -huh. hard do I want it to be. <laughs> uh, so uh, with you know with this this energy component it it becomes what type of energy do i want it to be do i want it to penetrate how far do i want it to penetrate uh you know do i want it to move from the arm into the torso into the into the gut uh you know there's there's just a whole a whole new aspect that i think the the fogong has opened up or enhanced as far as the the martial aspect of the energy. Yeah. When I'm playing push hands, um, uh, it'll be the kind of things you're talking about. And then, and then a bunch of other kinds of things. If I'm actually using it martially, I simplify that all down in my thinking and do I need to immobilize this person? Do I need to knock this person out? Do I need to cripple them up somehow, depending on how bad the self-defense situation really is and what's going on. And then I, and then I just apply myself to that, result if you've practiced enough right if you haven't practiced enough you're not going to get that result very easily or you're going to have to think about it too much and you can't afford that in a real situation but if you practice certain ones carefully a lot and then carefully i mean the push hands we're not harming our partners but really like seizing them or or knocking them back or doing things where they're going oh man that would be terrible if that was really if the volume on that got turned up a little bit um, and then you just get very good at being able to do that. So now when you put the hands on, it's, it's to the thing that you're trying to get done for safety, um, like that. And so any of the skills where you're going, well, I can kind of do it on the classroom, but I'm not able to do it for real. It really is just a matter of practicing it to the point where you think, okay, this is the result I want prior to putting hands on and put hands on and get it instantly. Um, and then so well that if you ever go to do that for real and within the action, it's that boom, as soon as you put hands on, it's already that what's happening, but it involves time and practice, skill, skill, time and practice, you know, the skill coming from that time and practice. That's what Kung Fu kind of like skilled work developed over time. 
um, and not time because you need to put in years into it. It's just, you have to do enough of whatever that thing is that when you need it, you're not trying to, uh, what was that thing again? It's gotta be right there right now. And those skills get developed and it gets developed on the healing side as well. When you, again, in the practice it's enough. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. You said it sort of indirectly, but I want to emphasize that along with the striking, I am known for my chin And so I can use it a lot with my chin And I especially can use it where I can just seize a person up where they're just like, every, yeah, they can't move. I haven't really actually executed the chin but I've got them completely locked up. That's right. Yeah, because you get to where you're starting able to do it inside their body with the energy. So, yeah. And in, in case somebody is watching this who's not from Tai Chi, I'm talking about joint manipulation. And these are things that I've been teaching some MMA guys that, okay, you don't have to use all of this physical strength to make this work. Yep. And you do have to build the mind. You do have to build the uh, energy ability. Uh, with your mind and the Tai Chi very much is focused on that and the push hands really helps the fog on really help and then it also allows you to manipulate and and do all that stuff inside yourself and the others for the healing too and so that's that's kind of the whole package and when I got into it that's what I got into it for was for those things and the sports side of it and all that even though we dally in it every once in a while a little bit um at least for me I'm a lot less into that I'm really more into the result on the, certainly on the health side, long-term, and then the self-defense side, you know, if, need, if needed, and to be good enough at it that you can really use it when you need it, as opposed to being like, well, I kind of know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not that good, you know, it's, it's not that. It really is practice enough to have it. And so that's, that's the art. Sheila? I would say in my case that um, it's, it's a new door or window, you know? The, the Falcong allowed me to perceive things that I never had before. So if I had done my Tai Chi um, previous, it was, you know, you did it and it felt good, but you didn't really know why or how. Uh, with Falcong, then you can specifically say, okay, I need to work on this and direct the energy, you know, to help you in that aspect. And then on the other hand, um, perceiving energy from other things around you, you know, it's, yep. it's increasing your perception to a point where you can say, you know, this kind of food really makes me feel, you know, a certain way, or like I have all my essential oils. So it's like, well, these different oils have very different characteristics and which one's going to help me in the situation that I'm in today, or if it's for another person as well. Um, you know, things like the color of a room or, or being in one location or a different location, you know, what's best for me? How does it make me feel? What is the energy around me doing? Um, so that's been really fantastic to have this new lens on the world. Cool. Anybody else? So how do you feel Fogung has helped your development in push hand? And I don't mean so much necessarily the beginning, because the beginning of the push hands, internal push hands, clear internal push hands, you're learning that. But then there is a point where they come together and you're and one is flowing into the other one very well. 
And so how do you feel it, it helped your development or affected your development in the pushing? Well, uh, the duality of, of everything that we learn in Tai Chi and Fagan being a part of it, if you're a clear Tai Chi student, um, really makes sense when you have to learn in Fagang to feel something that might be very, very uh, subtle, at least at first. Um, say it's a, a little like old fracture in a bone or, or maybe something that's not quite so subtle. Somebody's missing a kidney or something of that sort, but you've never, you don't know what that feels like until you felt it. Um, so if you're playing a very ting sensitive push hands game, which we all optimally would be, um, <laughs> that translates directly into feeling so much about what's going on inside the other person that you can target that much more specifically. And you can also feel where they're coming from to try to take advantage of you. Everything just gets amped up. Yeah. It's like, it's like a volume knob on Ting and just turning it up and turning it up. I already kind of shared it, <clears throat> my experience of it in a certain way. It just kind of helps you graduate to, you know, a new level of skill set in your, um, you know, when you're in the push hands and in your Tai Chi practice. But um, what I'll also add to that is that by combining the two, it'll, it has allowed me to use my push hands method that I would normally think of as like training myself more for a kind of martial application in a certain kind of way. But it's allowed me to use my push hands method directly for healing. Um, and just feel some towards kind of complicated things, um, you know, Thai uh, uh, and the Dimok um, that you went through, um, you know, with the guidance. Of Dimok is like a, either a, a death kind of a pressure point strike death oriented towards killing you or sometimes delayed death where they touch, tap, tap the point and it's not going to kill you now, but it's going to get you tomorrow or, or depending on what system has been affected and how it's been affected later. Mm -hmm. And or may just kind of lodge in you and shut and certain parts down and, and yeah, and you're stuck there. It's designed, um, it's designed to, to cripple you up longer term, this kind of thing. Anyways. And Ty had been through it and um, in one of our, it had, had some Dimok energy left in him. From uh, somebody else, not us. Not us, from some, someone else. Different, but different different teacher but he came to us for healing and the um and the better method that i was able to use uh, uh again with super clear's guidance and and you know real monitoring the situation and talking this both through it um but we were in the push hands position using push hands skills but because we have the sensitivity to the energy and the fog on, we were able to use both things at the same time to make all the little adjustments and to move the energy right and to open up pathways to allow for that to, to go. And by, um, you know, by talking amongst ourselves and feeling what we could feel through contact and feeling the energy all at the same time, it led to this fairly quick uh, healing process for what was uh, a rather sophisticated kind of injury. Mm -hmm. um, and it allowed us to clear that up pretty lickety split because the two things really do, you know, merge like that at a certain point, both for healing and for martial, like, like we've been saying. See you.
So um, it's funny that, so you, you came in for healing and you ended up in a push hands position. And what happens to me a lot of times with my students is that we go into push and I end up finding something. I'm like, I need to fix that for you. <laughs> so it, it has affected my push hands in, in that uh, they often turn into healing sessions. <laughs> But it's good for the student also because then they're learning to feel that in themselves. Like I'm showing them where it is. And then how do you, you know, get this to move? And so it's been very useful uh, in push hands to have the, that orientation or that focus of, of looking for things that are kind of standing out. They kind of stand out pretty easily in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, the feedback you get in the internal push hands is really designed to make it so that you're better and better at perceiving those things in yourself in a way so you can get that bigger, more 3D kind of a feeling and picture of it so that you can then adjust it in yourself or out of yourself as well. And I think especially if, if you practice without touching as the method teaches, you know, and then when you get the opportunity to actually do in push hands position, you've got your hands on, well, then it's, it, you know, it's usually quite glaring uh, what's going on because you're getting that direct feeling. The other thing I'd say on the Marshall side is that um, because of the fog on and the push hands together that you get better and better and better when the person comes up to push, already feeling what they're intending to do and how they're intending to do it, how they're set, what they're gonna try to actually make happen before contact and so you're already neutralizing that as they're putting their hands on and that has great um benefit for the self-defense side of things too right away somebody trying to grab you or jump on you or, or do something to you and you're you can already feel this is where it's going on inside of them and then be able to capitalize on that right away so again marshall and and healing even though for fogging we're primarily talking about healing on purpose. It's, yeah. so with that is, is that's not so much of a telepathy reading his mind, but what you're doing is you're reading his, how he's intending to use his energy, I think. You can feel what's going on inside of him. And so that does become at a level, it becomes an ability to feel their mind. And so it has a telepathy, kind of, a psychic kind of a component to it, but it doesn't start off that way. It grows towards that. Okay. But it starts off feeling able to actually, I guess, feel how he uses, intends to use his energy. Well, it starts off with feeling the use of all that energy and what it kind of, what it's doing and what it, what that means and how it can be used. And then once you've built up a kind of a catalog of those sensations, you can start to do that before contact where you can really feel that his energy is mobilizing this way. And as soon as we touch, he's going to be bringing a little bit more here and pulling a little more there. And you just get that feeling just, uh, it extends. Um, but, uh, again, that's, it's a lot like what I was describing with the, the rooting skill, you know, there's a level of root where it makes you more powerful just because you have more of it. But if you can move it and shape it and manipulate it and connect with someone else's and use that to drag them to a place where they're not strong or wrap around it or do other things, you, uh, your level of ability and play with that energy is much greater. And, uh, you know, you have more, uh, 
uh, more kind of options to tap into. It's not just about volume or depth at that point. There's an extra level of skill there that can translate to before contact. But you don't, you don't just jump there. You have to be able to feel root first and have some and uh, like a bunch of it and then be able to manipulate your own and really know that you are and get the feedback to know that it's working that way. And, and you know, there's steps. Uh, but once you go through the steps, you can absolutely feel it before contact and start to manipulate it before contact the same way. And when you get good enough at that, there's a level kind of behind that where people have an intention that mobilizes the energy where the kind of the source of that energy movement comes from and where people are thinking about moving it and uh, where they're intending to move it and how they're intending to move it. You can feel that distinct from the energy itself. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff to feel in that department and play with uh, block and, um, you know, defend and whatever else. Um, but yeah, there's, there's these distinct kind of stages and levels of things uh, to feel for and different things that you can do with that when you can feel. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very helpful. Thank you, Matt. Anyone else? So I've only got two things left here. One of them is any favorite or specific or best kind of success story for, because we've all done a good bit of fog on um, like that. So I'm going to give you a chance to weigh in on that. And then I've got one other one after that. And that's it. So any, any success stories, favorite, favorite success story or best uh, success story. Well, I'll jump out my um, my kind of most recent favorite success story. I've had a lot of uh, of good ones over the years that I that have been you know successful for me in various ways and successful for the people I'm working on in various ways. But the most recent one um, was probably the most challenging for me. Uh, a young man that I know has a really good friend who was in a terrible car accident and was laid up. Uh, was in a neck brace. Was in a back brace. Um, and, and they told his family that he probably wasn't going to survive the night because of the internal bleeding. He had a condition, has a condition uh, that makes it hard for the bleeding to stop once it started. And he had enough internal damage from the accident that they weren't able to stop the hemorrhaging. And, uh, and they prepared his family for the eventuality that he was probably not going to survive the night. And I wasn't able to get in to see him, um, but I, kn I knew the young man. I had a kind of a personal connection to him. Um, you know, I'd met him and I'd spent some time with him. And so um, I, uh, I decided to try to do what I could by way of long distance healing. I wasn't able, even able to get him on a Zoom call, but I used a picture of him in my mind's eye and I kind of pictured him laid up in a hospital bed as I sort of knew that he was. Um, and in a neck brace, which I knew that he, I was told that he was in one. Um, and I pictured him like that and then was able to scan the picture of him and do some of the things that we've talked about on the call where I was able to kind of manipulate the size and kind of expand out and go in side of him and look at a, like almost like an x-ray view. And, uh, and by kind of expanding the picture and feeling for it, 
I identified what I felt like were these hemorrhage points throughout his body where he had these internal injuries and was bleeding and where they couldn't stop it. And then by feeling that and really getting a really good sense of that, what happened was that in my mind's eye, those places started like glowing red, um, like where the rest of him was kind of transparent and had these kind of different colors to it. But those spots were thick, couldn't see through them, glowing red, like screaming out of them. And once I got that kind of clarity and that picture of it, I shrunk the image back down to where I could see him from head to toe. And I saw all the little red spots through him, mostly through like the torso area. And I was able to kind of, as a chunk, gather them all up and take them out and send them away like we do in the Fogung. And I did that a few times and then replaced it with the, the, um, the energy that we take from the universal energy and kind of saw that happen in my mind's eye as well and sealed it back up. And I went through a couple rounds of that, uh, you know, periodically through the course of that night, um, checked on him the next day and uh, the doctors were amazed. He was in full recovery. They couldn't explain how the bleeding was stopped. He was up and walking around. I saw, no. him, I saw him a couple days later, still in the neck brace, by the way, which oddly enough was a type of neck brace that I had never seen before, but what was pretty close to what I had like imagined in my, in my mind's eye, um, but up and walking around and doing great. Um, and, uh, and in, like fully, you know, not recovered, but recovering and just going about his business and, um, and by all accounts, looking like he's going to live a long and full life. And so I was pretty pleased about that. Um, yeah. But it incorporated a lot of kind of advanced skill sets that I wasn't so sure of that I would, you know, that I had no way of knowing we're going to work or not, but the, uh, um, but the, you know, and, and I have no, honestly, I have no way of knowing whether or not they did work, except that doctor said he's probably going to die and then he didn't and then they they couldn't figure out how it happened but he's fine and so um you know to whatever extent i was able to play a role in that i'm happy um but the uh uh but the the skills that i was using um i'm i'm fairly confident that what i did had an impact because i don't know what else could have and uh, and by putting together lots of sort of like long distance healing types of skills and, and some of the things that uh, were more kind of mind oriented directly because it wasn't there for me to feel this stuff on or work with him on. I had to do it long distance and I couldn't even get him on a Zoom call. Um, but still to be able to feel that and make use of it and do the work the way that I could to the point where he was in a life or death situation and he lived. Um, that's that's my kind of greatest success story. And now, a word from our sponsor. Traditional Chinese medicine strongly focuses on manipulating qi. Some healers use pressure points and massage techniques. Some use needles, acupuncture. Others use herbs, herbology. In Clear Tai Chi, we seek to feel and manipulate the qi directly, both in ourselves and in others. The Clear Chi Healing Program is a must-watch course for all energy healers and aspiring energy healers. You get all the training to build and circulate Chi in yourself, plus everything you need to feel and manipulate Chi for healing others. This is a no-touch, direct Chi healing method. The skills you get from this program will also greatly improve the results of your daily Tai Chi practice. The full course is available now at clearchihealing.com. That's 
clearchihealing.com. So, Matt, as a card-carrying AMA doctor, what my advice to you is, send them a bill at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'll try. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, good, good. That's a good one. Uh, I, if I could step in, um, the my, my story more has to do with, not with my success, but, you know, meeting people that have, done things for me um and i i know i've i've told this story before but i originally i i met this group through harry and i had stepped in to a push hands class that harry had going on in a storefront i was walking by and i said oh, i always wanted to take a look at that and uh he was doing some push hands a meetup at his at his school and when i met harry he had you know, he, he had told me, you know, about seafood clear and uh, wanted to introduce me. And I, I had flown into uh, Pennsylvania to the gala and uh, just been on a plane. I had, you know, because of all the physical activity uh, I have, you know, my knees were, were a little bit bad, actually pretty bad. <laughs> and as uh, I had, done a couple of things or watched a couple of things at the gala and Sifu was giving a class on using the internal energy and I had volunteered for the demonstration and <laughs> and when he was trying to do something uh move the energy down to my foot or heel or the bottoms of my feet uh I guess he hit something in my knee and drove me right to the ground I mean it was uh, painful and I guess from sitting on the plane and from having uh, you know not not worked it out properly before getting out there um so he said okay come back and see me <laughs> if the class is obviously something wrong with that knee <laughs> so I so I went back and and after the demonstration rather he uh, put his hands on me and was able you know put his hands on me, took him off, put his hands on me, took him off. And I'm saying, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so again, very external, not a, I, I have to really see things for myself to, uh, to believe them. And then after the third time, it was like the comedy series, I guess, like the Eddie Murphy skit. He said, yeah, do a deep knee bend. I said, oh no. <laughs> I'm not even going to try that. So he said, no, no, try a deep knee bend. And, and sure enough, you know, he, he was able to go in and fixed whatever was wrong. And I was able to do the deep knee bends and, and it lasted for, for months, which, which really amazed me. Um, to this day, I have, you know, just very little residual, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, and I've had knee surgeries and, and all of that. So I, I know what <laughs> what something real is and something that's uh, you know not real. So, um, so that was what my introduction to the fogong and to uh, to Sifu Clear and and it, it's been you know very interesting um, to see how it does work and his command of it. Um, 
the the other incident was again with Harry and and Sifu when I had the COVID. Um, the particular way it attacked me was my lungs, heart, and uh, and and a diaphragm. Uh, it collapsed my diaphragm, and I had a lot of difficulty breathing. And I was trying to stay out of the hospital. And uh, Harry and Sifu and I don't know if there was anybody else in on that call that day. It was me, uh, it was Harry, a... Matt, and you. Okay. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if it was Greg at that time or, or at different times, but um, but my wife is a nurse, and I had already been told I had an MRI and an X-ray that the diaphragm was collapsed, and um, and we were trying to do some exercises to get it to work again. And they, they got on the, uh, uh, the zoom call and did the, the fogong over, uh, over the, the phone or over the zoom. And, and my wife, again, being a nurse, she was standing there with the stethoscope on my diaphragm and, uh, was actually able to hear it, uh, I guess, expanding or, or, uh, back. coming back. So, uh, again, not something that I'm able to do, but I'm very grateful that, uh, uh, to be associated with a group of people that can do it. So, so that's, uh, <laughs> you're not, if you're not able to get somebody moving like that now, you're not that far away from it. So, yeah, it, it's the skill level. I, I, again, I notice it improving and, and I, learn a lot every time I get together with you guys and um, it's it's getting there but I, I wish I hadn't uh, started this when I was uh, <laughs> in my golden years quote unquote <laughs> you know what they call it uh, golden years yeah. <laughs> it takes all your gold <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> all right guys thank you Well, I have an example that it, it doesn't feel quite as impressive, but I felt at the time that it was a bit of an acid test. And so I'd like to share a um, friend of mine came, she came down, I live in Costa Rica, right? She came down to Costa Rica to participate in a race um, that was, I think she said seven marathons in six days. And she almost didn't come because for about two weeks previous to her trip, her foot was hurting like badly enough that she almost canceled and she got here and she called me up and she said, Sheila, I'm going to need some help. I'm really, really worried that uh, I won't make it past the first day. So, um, you know, see what you think. And I got in, luckily I had just taken the advanced Fogong um, at that time. So I had some new tricks up my sleeve and I went in and I worked on her. And um, even before she left, she, she turned around and she said, you know, you're going to say I'm crazy, but my foot like totally doesn't hurt right now. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm really glad <laughs> I had all, all the faith in the world that it would. Um, I said, but let me know in the next few days after you've done two or three marathons, um, <laughs> how it's holding up because I can do this remotely and, you know, maybe we can touch it up a little bit as needed. And she called me after five days and said, are you still working on me? Because it has not bothered me at all. And she made it through the entire race without any problems. So 
that was kind of a win-win for her and me and uh, very grateful to have had that, you know, method in order to be able to help her for that. marathons in six days that's not all i would make it through the first one without foot pain yeah you gotta you gotta train to be doing like seriously train <laughs> for doing that anybody else have a favorite story or all right so any any really extra interesting sensations felt while doing work So I'll jump in uh, again. The uh, I, I don't know that the sensation was so interesting, but what was interesting about it was the situation. This was actually at my second Fogong workshop that I had ever attended. After I'd done the first one, I had felt some stuff. I had you know moved it. Um, I had talked to people about it, and they had some experience of it, but it was all still pretty vague. I didn't have a real grasp of the method um, or a lot of confidence in my ability to use it. But at, by the end of the second workshop, I was starting to get a lot more confidence. I'm like, yeah, I feel stuff there. And, and then when I pull it and I go again and I don't, and they're getting them, you know, the people I'm working on are noticing results and I can actually see them moving better afterwards. There's something going on here. And, uh, and at, at some point I began to work on one of my fellow students actually, who still uh, trains with me at the, at the Marable school. Um, and I caught, uh, a sensation kind of behind his head, like above his neck, I felt like a bulge in the field and it had these different kind of qualities. It was like warm and dry and uh, felt like there was like a kind of an airiness to it, like the, like, like the inside of a convection oven or something. Um, and it was this bulge in, the, in his field. Um, and I asked him about it and he said, I don't have anything wrong there. I don't know what you're talking about. And so I scanned and I found a couple other things that he did know that he had going on and that he had, you know, that he really had stuff going on. And I scanned again and I felt this again and I really felt it strongly and distinctly, but he swore up and down that he had no problems there. So I went and asked him to clear and he asked me to, you know, get a good feeling of the, of the different kind of qualities that it had, which was, that was when I really went in, went back in and explored and felt that it was this warm, dry kind of windy kind of arid like desert or convection oven kind of a kind of a quality in there um and i didn't tell him any of this i just made i didn't tell anybody any of this i made mental notes about what i was feeling and then i asked him to come over and explore and right away he picked up on it and he said yeah i felt i feel this bulge here and he kind of traced the edge of where i was feeling it and he felt the the qualities and he listed off the exact qualities that i had been feeling and I had made notes to this effect. I hadn't told my partner who I was working on what I had felt, but I had written it all out. And so when he heard Sifu say what he had felt, and I showed him the notes that I had made prior to that, he, then he thought about it and he went, you know what? I don't feel like it's really bugging me, but I was grading tests all, all last night like this. And there, there's probably some residual tension there. And so... We, uh, I, I went in and, and made the adjustments um, that were appropriate for what he had going on until we could feel that the field was, you know, had returned to more of a normal state and it didn't have those qualities going on anymore and the bulge was gone. And, uh, and then when he went to move his neck, he said, 
oh man, that breeds that up a lot. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I've had this pinch at the base of my neck forever and I haven't been able to move. You know, nothing's wrong though. Nothing's wrong there though, yeah. Well, it's funny how, but people get so used to certain kinds of injuries or whatever that, uh, that have been bugging them for so long that they sort of forget they're there. And, um, and so what's, what's really amusing to me about that is that that's happened to me a couple of the times since then where I'll feel something very distinctly where I know it's there, but the person swears up and down that they don't have anything wrong then and then there. And then like a couple days later, they'll call me up and go, how did you know? <laughs> I pushed a door open and my elbow hurt just right in the spot where you felt that thing. How did you know? Well, felt it. <laughs> One of the, uh, I didn't mean to tell you guys the success stories. One of the ones that really told me how powerful this stuff was at a different level was that I had an instructor in 1990, around 94, that had a stroke. And I lived, I lived in Tampa. He was in Ohio. And I flew on a plane. This, I got into Ohio the same night that he went in the hospital from the stroke, all out and stuff. And I get to the hospital, and it was after midnight. And they normally don't let visitors in, but I explained to them and showed it was so to go show them the plane ticket. I flew in from Tampa to see him um, and all that. And so a doctor actually took me up there and he's hooked up, he's out and he's hooked up to all the machines. And when I saw him, I just turned on the energy and my heart kind of went out and all of the machines that he was hooked up to adjusted. Like they all started moving where the doctor was like, what's going on and I had a friend that was that drove me up there was standing there and his jaw hit the floor because you could see that that it was that that caused you know it was a noticeable movement of like different different blood pressure level and different oxygen rate and the, these different and heartbeat uh eased eased a little bit these kinds of things where it was noticeable change in that instant and um and so that was like you know uh, equipment feedback that they're hey there's something really going on here so yeah when i was doing um i was doing a lot of healings frequently in order to get my certification because there's certain requirements of number of uh, documented cases and all this and so um, I told some of my students and my friends if they knew anybody who was interested and open to the idea, right? So I met this couple that I had never met before, a husband and wife, and they both had volunteered. And, um, you know, we do a little interview ahead of time to find out if there's something specific they're interested in working on and this sort of thing. Um, but you still do the whole scan. And when I scanned her, I found a certain area that there seemed to be, a, you know, a lot of activity going on and all that. So I asked her about it and she said that she had had her gallbladder removed and, um, but that she had eaten some, I think it was after Father's Day and she had eaten some cake or something that she knew she shouldn't not having a gallbladder. And so what I was feeling was this problem occurring because she didn't have a gallbladder. Mm. Um, then I went to scan her, which, you know, I had not known previously um, to doing the scan. Then I went to scan her husband after I had finished with her. And um, he was interested in other very different things. And but when I was getting to the lower back, I kept feeling like an emptiness, 
like there was a hole there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything to him about it at the time. I just went on and, you know, worked on the other things that he was interested in working on. And I, I kept coming back to it because I was doubting myself. I thought this was so strange. I had no idea what was going on. And um, so I went back to like four times just to make sure that's really what I was feeling. And after I finished with him, I said, I didn't want to say anything at the time because I didn't want to, it's not like it's a bad thing, but I'm just kind of curious because I felt this emptiness. And it turned out that he actually had had a disc removed. Um, but when I was asking about it, he turned to his wife and he said, you told her. And I said, no, I swear nobody told me anything. I'm just really curious because that's like the first time I felt that that way. Um, but it was really interesting for me to feel those sensations you know, one after the other, because I had this couple there together, and they both had something missing. And the feeling of it was quite different. And so that to me was, it was pretty interesting. Um, and really, you know, validates the the method, because you're, you know, the, the, the missing gallbladder was causing a sensation, right? And the missing disc, he had no pain or anything, you know, but it was just an emptiness. So very interesting. We had a gal come in with her mom, Sometimes on Sunday afternoon when we're doing the, having everybody practice the healings and they're being uh, not supervised, but proctored, you know, or we're there to help them and, and to facilitate that kind of thing. And a lady brought in her daughter and they were talking about that she'd had a bunch of health issues, but they couldn't figure out what it was. And maybe, you know, maybe if this method was, you know, maybe we can find it. Scanner, 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 got over the area of, on her right side, um, uh, towards towards belly height, slightly higher than that, and felt this, for the lack of a better way to put it, I felt a vibration that was like, like that. And it had this emanating outward as it went kind of a thing. It was very defined kind of the area that it was coming from. And I didn't tell my senior student in the room what I had felt, but I went and got him and said, scan her for me and tell me what you get. And he got the same thing. And we checked around it and, and like very thorough. And I went, you got an area there that feels like it wants to do this. And like, 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 it's like go to the hospital because this doesn't, this feels bad enough to where if it really physically does what it feels like, this is going to be extremely a problem. Go go to the hospital, have them do a scan on it. Let us know what they tell you, you know, and then and then take their advice from there. Just because it was a smart thing based on what was going on inside. So they went ahead and went to the hospital, had them scan it, and they ended up taking out her gallbladder, and they said it was on the verge of rupturing. And it saved her life that if she, that if she hadn't gone it had ruptured not in the hospital it had ruptured as opposed to being taken out that it probably would kill and so that one was that one was interesting there's been other ones like when we worked on jim for what jim was talking about that was interesting because i could feel when i hit that bottom lobes of his lungs how it was locked up in the diaphragm wasn't moving right and all of that and then really through the feel this was over zoom but got it so that it was moving and getting airflow through it again Two days later, uh, I talked to him after that, by the way, and it was like, it was almost like he didn't have COVID two days later, three days later. And I'm talking about just for the breathing part of it, um, like that. So that was me too. Anyways, anything anybody else has got, now's the time. Otherwise, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Well, the, 
Uh, Mark, I know you want to jump in. Um, the last thing I'll say, though, just to piggyback off of what Sheila said, is that the, um, you know, what I've been saying the whole time is the best way to get started is whatever gets you started now. And part of the reason for that is that the feedback is so important in really making the method work that even if you, what you have to do is like watch the videos and practice how you can, when you can, and then get to the workshop down the road when you're able to do that, that's the best way to start. If there's a workshop right around the corner and you can get there, then that's the best way to start. But whatever gets you started faster is going to be the better way because you need that practice and you need that feedback. That's part of what builds the skills. And so um, to get started right away, go to clearchihealing.com um, and we'll have everything available for you to check out there. But um, uh, I just wanted to sneak that in there. And Mark, we're from our sponsors. Uh, and Mark, I know you had a story that you wanted to share. Uh, you know, I was just going to say probably the most interesting would be uh, when uh, Steve Clear was working on me at the last uh, workshop, uh, just because I have significant injuries and uh, I could actually feel you moving around in there. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just interesting. Um, because you can feel it the way that you did inside. Yeah. Adjustments. And because you, and I, and I, I uh, purposely wanted you to be able to feel it for that. Sometimes you work on people and it's like, you know, you know, you know, it doesn't matter whether they feel it or not and make the adjustment. Are you good? Good to go. In this case, I wanted you to feel that because it was so systemic from what had happened to you that I knew that if, if you could feel it, you could retrace some of that and do it yourself and that you would want to be able to do that for some of what had gone on with this, and, and he was struck by lightning and, and, it, and it internally did a number of things that were damaging. Anyways, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's been, uh, the results have been holding up pretty well. Great. So. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, and that was that was a neat one on the sensation side because I could feel where the lightning had gone through his body, like the path that it took. Yeah, that was a little interesting for you. Yeah, interesting things you could still kind of discover at this point. Like, oh, that's what lightning feels like. Yeah, well, not just that, but I mean, it had that. It had that. Instead of it being just like damage, you could actually, I could actually feel where it kind of went in and where it went. Yeah. So that's you know what it bounced off of <laughs> inside. Oh, Mark. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other thoughts, questions, answers, comments? The, uh, the ability yeah. to, to move and manipulate energy um, after you've felt it done in you through the Fogman method is also profound. Um, I've been able to get rid of my own headaches for a while now because Sifu Clear did it to me and I felt what he did and I've been able to recreate that. And there's a lot of other kind of profound self-healing effects that can come out of the method. So um, if you have access to a Fogman healer that like the, the, you know, that's certified in the method and that can work on you, um, that can be a super interesting experience as well. Like we've said, you know, all of our regional organizers are on healers. They have this material. So if you can get in front of a regional organizer um, that, you know, that is in our system, um, absolutely, it's, it's worth the, the time and energy to do that and to experience it for yourself. 
Um, and if you can't do that, there's plenty of other ways to experience it. Like I said, um, you know, clearchihealing.com, but um, it's, it's a really, really profound method. If you're into energy work and you want chi activation on any level, uh, Flagong is just going to be super invaluable for it too. Cool. Thanks, guys and lady. Yeah, Thanks, if you had anything else you want to talk to me about, once we turn off the recordings and stay on for a minute, and there's several of you I've wanted to talk to this week and just been tied up one into the other. So, um, anyways, Thanks love, for you being talk, here love you to talk to you more soon. And now, a word from our sponsor. Traditional Chinese medicine strongly focuses on manipulating qi. Some healers use pressure points and massage techniques. Some use needles, acupuncture. Others use herbs, herbology. In Clear Tai Chi, we seek to feel and manipulate the qi directly, both in ourselves and in others. The Clear Qi Healing Program is a must-watch course for all energy healers and aspiring energy healers. You get all the training to build and circulate qi in yourself, plus everything you need to feel and manipulate qi for healing others. This is a no-touch, direct qi healing method. The skills you get from this program will also greatly improve the results of your daily Tai Chi practice. The full course is available now at clearchihealing.com. That's clearchihealing.com.